Hello, and welcome to the One Thing Podcast brought to you by the Horton Group. We're at the Horton Group. We specialize in insurance, employee benefits, and risk advisory. And I'm your host, Jason Helfer. William McKinley is the 25th president of the United States. Bram Stroker publishes Dracula. The Oldsmobile was created and a social service agency was founded in Oak Park, Illinois. The year, 1897. For today's podcast, we're going to speak with the now executive director of that social services agency, Mary Beth Sheets of Hepsiva Children's Association. How are you doing, Mary Beth? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having us on, Jason. Well, thanks for being here. We certainly appreciate it. And if, if, if we could start this way, I've, I pulled a couple things from your website um, that kind of hit home to me, and I want to share them with you just to get your commentary on it, because I think they're pretty impactful. So some, uh, a couple testimonials. Hepzibah is one of the best places for abused and neglected children in Illinois. They have an outstanding team that truly cares for the well-being of the children who are trusted in their care. We're fortunate to have such a great nonprofit serving the Chicagoland area. Thanks, Hepzibah. I'm a volunteer and have been for over 13 years. I keep coming back for the children. There have been dozens over the years, but they all needed the same thing, love. The staff and other volunteers have been fantastic, caring people. We are truly, what a truly happy place for a child to come for help. Smiles, hugs, and loves abound. So when you hear things like that, you, may, you might even know who those people are. When you hear things like that, how does that make you feel? And what makes Hepzibah such a special place? Well, it absolutely humbles my heart and, and makes me smile every time. And I don't know who those people oh, are. Um, so it's, it's great that our constituents, whoever they might be, feel that way about us because we certainly do too. Um, and it has really been the privilege of my career to lead this organization for the past five years. And that is the experience that we create here at Hepzibah. We want to make sure that any child, any family that we work with has an exceptional experience, that they are treated with care and love, that it is not thought of as um, an unhappy place, but a very lively, happy place where children come to get better and to heal. Um, in our residential program, it's a place where children live. Mm -hmm. So that is what we are all about. So I am, I am just so grateful that our constituents feel the same way that I do about our organization. Well, good. Well, good. It, it, well, it's coming through. There's about a dozen other you know, testimonials on your website, too. So uh, keep up the good work. And, and for Mary Beth, for those that might not be familiar with Hepzibah, that may be in different states or even Chicagoans maybe have heard of it, you know, what can you share about Hepzibah? What can you share about the programs and the services and the resources for those, those kiddos that, that you love to serve? Of course. So our organization, as you stated, was founded in 1897. So we are celebrating our 125th anniversary mm -hmm. this year. Congratulations. Our, and, we, and we have evolved over the years. Um, the needs of our community way back when were very different than the needs of our community now. And we have what we call our three-legged stool. We have three core program areas, uh, two of which are directly related to child welfare. So we have what we call our family-based services, which is our foster care program and our mm -hmm. intact families program. So those two programs really are providing in-home supports for families in crisis who really need care and support. In the case of foster care, we work with children with special needs due to the emotional and behavioral challenges that they are facing 
that really need a loving home, a place where they can continue their journey, they can get the therapies and the treatment that they need to heal. And ideally, this is a temporary stop where they're being well cared for, they're being loved, and the all of us, all of our caseworkers, the system, we are all working to help that child find their forever home ultimately. So whether that's back into a family setting or whether it's those foster parents who wish to adopt that child, that's the whole purpose of that program. And I mentioned our residential services. So here um, in Oak Park, we have Hepzibah Home. And this home was built in the 1920s, and we've been serving children in this home for a very, very long time. Back in the day, it started as an orphanage, and now it is a residential treatment program for children throughout the state of Illinois in the very youngest age group. So we serve kiddos ages 3 to 11 here in our program. And these kids, unfortunately, have suffered some of the most extreme cases of abuse and neglect that we see. And therefore, they're experiencing a lot of challenges, a lot of um, trauma response, emotional and behavioral health needs. And they come here and it's a happy and safe and fun therapeutic place to be. And they heal and they grow and they get better. Yeah, well, that's uh, it's a pretty noble mission, very very important endeavor you're undertaking. And, and since you alluded to it, 125 years is a long time for anything, right? And it's a long time for an agency to serve the community, which is wonderful. I mean, just stick to it. And what a great legacy the agency has has already built. And you did share that some of the things have evolved over cha- over time, like any business would, right? Uh, but so, how have you had to change Hepzibah? What are some of the resources that you've had to adopt? or that you're looking to adopt to address maybe the, the needs of the population you're serving now, or just life's different? And so how have you had to evolve from that standpoint, if you could? Well, that's a great question. Um, and I hope we'll have some time to get back to our third leg of our three-legged stool, because I want to talk a little bit about our daycare program as well. But, you know, obviously what we've all gone through as uh, across the world um, these last couple of years have really changed our business practices in many, many different ways. Um, most, mostly what we are still dealing with, particularly in the not-for-profit sector, is workforce challenges. Sure. And so um, not pro- non-for-profits have notoriously paid lower wages than for-profit corporations. Um, and our work is really challenging. It is incredibly rewarding. Rewarding, but it is also really challenging. And so when we don't have a sort of an office-based position mm-hmm. where folks can easily work remotely for their entire schedule, that posed some initial challenges um, when we were seeing that demand from the workforce. And so we've had to get incredibly creative and figure out new and different ways where we can uh, attract and retain folks who are really dedicated to helping these children heal Mm -hmm. and knowing that that can't happen always in a remote setting. Yep, hundred percent. And we've, you've seen this, you've, you're living it right now. And I, you know, 10 years ago in the in the industry, I think for-profit wasn't always a competitor. You know, it was you, you were in for-profit, non-profit, didn't bleed over so much. But now that's <clears throat> clearly not the case. We are dealing with the Amazons and the for-profits are going to pay, you know, $21 an hour, $20 an hour for right. what might be deemed, I'm using just easier work. I mean, you know, it's just it's not as rewarding. Uh, and that's that's a challenge we're seeing now with all of our nonprofit friends. That it's just hey, we're dealing now with this competitive landscape where we didn't have to before with a with a for-profit company. So, we we feel you there. You want to touch on the third leg now, or you want to go to something else? 
Sure, I, I would love to tell you a little bit about our daycare program. So that too has been an evolution. So we offer on-site after-school care in all of the elementary schools in Oak Park. So, um, and it, it really started as um, we actually had the first kindergarten that okay. operated here out of the Hepzibah home before school districts started getting kindergarten within their district. And so we've had this parallel process alongside of our child welfare services of offering these incredible child development services. We offer also a full day summer camp program throughout the entire summer from the time school is out until the time it starts again. So we are just really fully embedded in healthy and positive child development, providing treatment to the kids who mm -hmm. need it the most, and just trying to tackle that in all different ways, whether you're part of the child welfare system or you're a working parent who needs a safe and healthy child development program for your child um, during the summer and after school. So if you're, if we, if I had a child or somebody had a child that was going to the, the summer care, the, the day care, the day camp programs, what type of experiences are they, the kids going to get to experience there? Well, it, it is an amazing program, and I know that's a theme. I'm so passionate about the work that we do, but the, but the daycare team goes above and beyond in ensuring that these kids have amazing experiences. And summer, because it's a full day, really gives them the opportunity to get their creative juices flowing. So it, it is not um, babysitting, not that there's anything wrong with babysitting, but it is a fully engaging child development program. And these kids get exposed to all different kinds of things. They are developing and learning new skills and talents that they may not have even known they had. Mm -hmm. We spend a lot of time on um, friendship building, um, how to be a good friend, character-based types of things. And it, it's just, um, I don't have enough adjectives to describe how amazing the experience is. Our kids and families, our satisfaction surveys are over the top in terms of um, the experience that our kids have in the program. Is that is that different, Mary Beth, than Camp Hepzibah, like the sibling camp, or is that the same? It is very different. Okay. And so Camp Hepzibah is a, a really special thing that we do. Um, Folks might not realize when children are coming into the child welfare system due to an unsafe condition in their family home, brothers and sisters often don't get to stay together, especially if it's a large family. It's very challenging to find foster parents that, be, that are able to take multiple kids. Yep. So brothers and sisters get split up. And Hepzibah recognized that uh, many years ago, and we started Camp Hepzibah, mm -hmm. and it's a way for siblings to come together for a week-long uh, sleepaway camp in the summer to really reestablish and rebuild those relationships between brothers and sisters who are separated in the child welfare system. Yeah, that one, this one caught me, and I'll read it again. It says, the last night of camp is one joy tempered by sadness. All the children realize that they will soon be separated from the siblings again, but... The week has worked its magic. Many of the children are inspired to take a more active role in staying in touch with their siblings through letters, emails, or phone calls when they return to their group foster or adoptive homes. I mean, that, that's cool. You're giving them the tools and the resources now to not only you know, be connected with their foster home, but with their, their biological siblings. That maybe they didn't, they didn't know how to do that before. Certainly as children age, you know, they're more apt to use technology and things like that, that you, that you and I would. And I'm getting kind of the chills because that's, that's pretty special. It, it is. And we actually started a program called our Junior Counselors Program. So you'd think, you know, well, 13, 14, 15, 16-year-old kids don't want to go to summer camp. 
but we put them, we give them an opportunity to be in a leadership role okay. and they get this junior counselor um, role and they do have um, an oversight function, helping the younger kids through different kinds of activities. And it really helps keep those older teens engaged because it, if, if, they, if we didn't have that transition and we started seeing them not wanting to attend, mm. then they would lose those connections potentially with their siblings over time. But that piece of how we teach them in those, those few days that they're at camp, how to maintain those connections and how with all the technology we have before us, there is no reason why they can't continue those relationships. And some of these kids are separated by pretty significant geography. Sure. So sometimes technology is their only tool. Um, and so we're, we're, we are all about making sure that they keep those biological connections. It's and really I, important. Yeah, I think so too. And I think you, you mentioned on something I, I didn't even think about is the, the leadership development piece. And, you know, you're an exec director there and you have leaders that report into you and that you work with side by side and board members. And they all, we all came from somewhere. You know, you weren't just born a leader. Maybe some people were, I don't know, but I wasn't. I had a lot of coaching and mentoring and help, but I still am along the way. But think about what you just shared with, in this example is that, yes, you're giving them the ability to keep in touch with their siblings, which is, I mean, the paramount, right? It's the most wildly important thing out of that camp. But now you're developing the next generation of leaders. Absolutely. And, and leadership is not only important in, in a business, for-profit, non-profit, but in life in general. You're teaching them accountability skills, being a responsibility for somebody else besides themselves. And I think that we can't we can't start that at an early enough age. And so if you're doing that for the you know the 13 or 14 or 15 year olds, keeping them engaged in Hepsibah, keeping them engaged with their siblings, but also teaching a valuable life, invaluable life skill. I mean, it's a it's an infinite need in this world. Absolutely. And, and the other way that that plays out, not just with our older siblings that are already in child welfare, we have this tremendous partnership with the local high school, Oak Park River Forest High School. We have our Husky Helpers program. Okay. So for our children who live here in the Hepzibah home, you know, they have staff, they have people in their lives that take really good care of them. But what do they want? Who do they want to hang out with? They want to hang out with older teens, especially teen boys. So we started this amazing Husky Helpers program. And so we get volunteer teens from the local high school that actually come in and volunteer in Hepzibah home with our kids. And they do all kinds of fun activities with them, um, all different kinds of things that they are um, really interested in doing that, and, and they can get at things with our kids differently than our staff can. And so it's, it's a twofold. It's that these kids really get this great mentorship relationship and our Husky helpers get this sense of volunteerism. They're really seeing the kinds of struggles that sometimes our kids have gone through, and it's helping them build those empathic relationships. Um, and they're developing their leadership skills along the way as well. That's mm -hmm. especially at I mean, such a developmental age. If people are coming into Absolutely. age, right? They're starting to form <clears throat> their own opinions and, and beliefs about the world. And so if we could help you know, mentor them through some of these things, and they're dealing with new things for the first time new life experiences. And, and absolutely. And, and you know, I, I think about all of the really unique things that we do here at Hepzibah. You mentioned a couple of them with the, with the sibling camp and the different things that we offer the Husky Helpers program. But one thing I really wanted to highlight uh, for you today as well is our Children's Equity Committee. This is a committee that two of our staff started um, on their own that work here in the Hepzibah home. And it's a committee where the staff come together and they really talk about 
racial equity issues, gender equity issues, um, all different kinds of things that can play out among the staff and, and in the care of our children. Because as I said, our children come from the entire state. We have very diverse backgrounds of the children that we serve. And we wanna make sure that our staff are get, giving the kids what they need. You know, we've all, we've all seen that equity um, diagram where you've got all the kids on the same box and the tall kid can see over the fence, but the short kid can't. Um, and so we've learned that not everybody needs the same thing. Everybody needs something different. And so how they as a staff can work collaboratively together to really meet each of our children where they are and make sure that they have what they need. And we're just so proud of this. Um, very innovative committee. We actually ha uh, had our staff go and present at our uh, at a national conference. Our accrediting body put on their national conference, and they went and spoke about it. So, I really feel like it's a, a very innovative practice that we we utilize. So, I just I could talk all day about the really exceptional, unique things that we do here that really make Hubs of Us so special in all of our programs. But I really wanted to highlight that particular committee for your listeners as well. Yeah, no, I, I mean, it's obviously, it's always been an important issue, uh, certainly more front and center now than it has been, you know, at least in my lifetime. And I think it's, it's wonderful because it, in appreciation for people with their differences um, and openness to share. And also, it challenges everybody to look through a different lens, ones that they weren't born with or, or given. And I think it's it just, it allows everybody to have a, such a different, more a renewed sense of appreciation for individuals that are different than themselves. And I think if we can get to that place where we could be, have a trusting environment, an open environment to share and to ask questions, right, and not be penalized for asking a question where we might not know the answer because we weren't, we were born a different, you know, in a different lifestyle. So I think that's, that's been, I think, a challenge for a lot of people is the openness to share and ask questions with feeling a safe place. And if you created a safe place with this equity committee that you could ask questions, and not be like persecuted for asking a question. I think that's that's wonderful, and I think we need well, more of that. Yeah. yeah, if you think about all the ways in a in a congregate living situation where these things could come up, you know, what are what are your unique culture cultural values? What what kind of foods do you like to eat, or have you grown up eating that? you might not see on the menu. So let's get them on there and make sure that we're honoring that. What kind of holidays do you celebrate? You know, it's, it just runs the gamut when you're, when you're living in such close quarters with um, 26 children. Um, by the way, I don't think okay. I threw out that number earlier. So we have, we serve 26 children here in our home. Um, and so you, you've got 26 very unique and diverse individuals who have individual needs that sure. it is our, um, responsibility and uh, goal to mm -hmm. make sure that every one of them are met. And, and we see these kids transform from the time they come in until the time they leave. So, Well, from the feedback you're, you're getting and the reputation, it sounds like you're doing things really, really well and making a huge impact. And I want to go back to, if we can, uh, 125 years. So is there a celebration for the big anniversary? Well, we've been celebrating all year long. Um, it started in January. We, yeah, we've been we've been doing a lot of wonderful things. Um, our biggest celebration actually occurred this past March, and it happens every March. So, folks certainly would have an opportunity uh, coming up in a couple of months here. But we um, had our annual gala. It is our largest fundraiser of the year. 
Um, and we really launched our 125th anniversary celebration. We are still in touch with our oldest living known former resident of Hepzibah Home. He is now 90 years old. No kidding. And he spoke at our gala and really uh, kicked off our celebration. But we've been doing things all throughout the year. We are actually doing a new event this weekend. We are having a Hepzibah fun run throughout the River Forest community. Um, there's information about it on our website. And anybody who would like Which to come what? out. What's the website? Hepzibahome.org. <laughs> uh, and it's very hard to spell. I don't okay. know if you want me to try to do that, but hepzibahome.org. Uh, <laughs> and um, this Sunday morning is a family-friendly event. You can come in costume. It's an easy course. It's under under a mile and a half. Um, so that that is our next event that we have coming up in celebration of all things Hepzibah. But if folks want to get involved and, and participate in our upcoming gala, it will be in March 2023. It's the first Friday of March in 2023, and we would be happy to have you participate and again always information on our website regarding all of our events sure and for those also that are listening that um, want to want a, a career in a rewarding field that have a passion for the work that hepsiva does provides for the community and all the kiddos i'm sure mary beth would be happy to, to speak with you about that so before we hop off any anything else anything else you want the listeners to, to know no, I just I just really appreciate the time to Jason to really talk about Hepsiba. When I was thinking about what's the one thing, the one thing is I really want everyone to know about Hepsiba and the incredible work that the team here does with these children who need it the most. Um, we are actively recruiting for many positions. There's information again on our website about that. If you are really looking for mission-driven work where you can truly make a difference in the life of a child who needs you now more than ever with everything everyone's been through, please make an inquiry and reach out to our human resources department. And our system as a whole is always looking for foster homes. So if you've always thought about fostering, if you um, would like to get a little bit more information, we have information sessions all the time, no commitment necessary. And that information is on our website as well. Great. Well, I, I can't think of a better way to end it than that with, a, uh, with that kind of message. So I want to say, Mary Beth, thank you so much for taking some time with us today. And that'll wrap it up. So until next time, on behalf of the Horton Group, I'm Jason Helfer saying thank you for listening to the One Thing Podcast. Thank you.